What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Drop-In. You know, this show just continues, continues to grow, and I cannot thank you guys enough. It's all because of you, the viewer, that the show continues to grow. The Drop-In is inspiring thousands across the world, and it's from you guys listening, sharing, the guests. The guests have been freaking phenomenal. We have had every different walk of life represented in our first... What are we up to, Ethan, now? Is this 16? 15. This is 15 here? So, episode 15. 16. I thought it was 16. I'm I'm looking at the rundown, and it said 15. Oh, that's my bad. My bad. But So, the first 15 episodes, we have covered so much. If you've listened to any of those shows, and they didn't hit a chord with you, go to the next one. Because there is somebody that has visited the NRM Studios here in Farmington Hills, Michigan, who will inspire you to get off your damn couch. That is the focus of this show to inspire you to get off your couch and make life happen. It's not a dress rehearsal. You get one shot, one shot at life. And if if you're not where you wanna be, one of our guests will inspire you to get there, to get there. And today's guest is no different, no different at all. You know, we met, I don't know, a month or two ago, and I've spoke about Drop-In Downriver. I'm the president of the nonprofit Drop-In Downriver. We have received a quarter million dollar uh, matching grant from the Ralph C. Wilson Foundation along with the Tony Hawk Foundation, and we are going to build a world-class skate park in southeastern Michigan. Um, And uh, this young lady, my guest today, she is a supporter of Drop-In Downriver. Her yoga studio uh, has have given us uh, um, different gifts for our events and is totally into what we're doing in Wyandotte, Michigan. And that is so rad because the support from the businesses has been phenomenal. 30 years ago, when I started skateboarding, actually 35 years ago, um, it wasn't like that. We were chased out of everywhere. We were like looked at as the riffraff of the world. And today, in the way our current climate in today's society, skateboarding is embraced. I mean, 2020 Olympics, skateboarding is there. And so it has brought together so many different walks of life. This, this, this nonprofit thing has brought in so our committee is phenomenal we have somebody from the wayne county chamber of commerce on it a nurse uh freaking uh master's degree holders teachers just coming together to create this and the businesses in wyandotte have embraced it crazy crazy and jen is one of those people walking into her studio it is and i and to tell you the truth here's the here's the truth i wasn't even going to walk up the steps that day i remember that day i was not even going to walk up the steps we were out giving uh personal invites to one of our events wasn't even going to walk up the steps because her her studio is on the second level and i opened the door and i'm like you know what i'll just walk up here i'll walk up here i'm a, I'm a yoga practitioner i've been a yoga practitioner for about 12 years now and so I decided to walk up the steps and I am so thankful I did so thankful I did and 
it's awesome. So I invited her to come on the show, and she agreed. So uh, it, it is it is phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, I want to give you a little factoid because uh, you know facts are good. And learning, I try to learn something every day, every single day. I try to learn something. And today I decided to do a little research about yoga. And did you know uh, Vivekananda actually brought yoga to the Western world in the 1890s? And that's when it originally was introduced to the Western world. And then Yogananda, one of my favorites, I mean, his his work, uh, Autobiography of a Yogi, is a seminal work for most yoga practitioners. He came in in the 20s. And I'll tell you how scared the United States was about the introduction of yoga in Eastern philosophy. From 1924 to 1965, they put a cap on immigration coming from India. That's how much of an influence and how terrified they were of Eastern philosophies coming to the United States. Um, and when I read that, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. I, I was blown away. One, that to bring such positivity to our, our country would scare them like that. And that's the only thing I can think of, just because of the timing of that legislation. Very interesting fact. So now you've learned something new today. And I will tell you something else new today, that our show cannot be broadcast across the globe without awesome sponsors. And one of our great sponsors, Play at the Plate, you know, they've been with us for a while now. And what they do is truly phenomenal. They allow the baseball aficionado to come out and play at the most legendary fields in the country. And so uh, definitely uh, check out Play at the Plate. You know, they, they're going to give you an opportunity to uh, experience a great, great time in a very historic setting. Would you like to play some baseball? Do you still dream of playing on a major league field, experiencing the magic of places like Field of Dreams? For 15 years, Play at the Plate has been making dreams come true. Play at the Plate offers you the chance to play ball. Join us for a lifetime experience. Go to playattheplate.org or call Scott Green at 631-255-4475. That's 631-255-4475. Right on. Give Scott a call. You know, if you're into baseball, give him a call. You'll experience something that will change your life. And today's show is going to change your life, too. Because, I mean, yoga changed my life. I met a young lady named Tamika, probably about 07. And we were talking, and I was talking about the different things that were going on in my body. My hips don't work very well and different things. And she said, why don't you try out yoga? And I'm like, hey. I'll give it some thought. Well, I ended up teaching her skateboarding. She ended up teaching me yoga, and I've never stopped. I incorporate yoga asanas into my uh, morning stretch before I go skate, before I do anything. Yoga is a very important part for me. Not only the physical part, but the mental part is is just as important. And, um, and, and our guest today, Jen Perry, is going to elaborate on that a little bit, but also tell her background story, how she got to where she got to. So without me running my mouth anymore, let's, let's bring Jen on. Jen, thank you so much for visiting with us here at the NRM Studios. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Honored. 
Yeah, we got some water in here, and the honor is all mine. I mean, you're taking time out of your busy schedule to come sit down for an hour and, and, and let our viewers know how uh, you really opened a studio and all that kind of stuff in Wyandot, and we're going to get into all of that. But our meeting really was uh, a strange one, because I wasn't even going to walk up those steps. You were day. just this bundle of joy up the stairs. Class just got out. It was awesome. Well, and, and I, then you told me about your great skate park. I'm like, what can we here? Here, what can we give you? Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Awesome. And, and very thankful for the donations and and for you guys being in downtown Wyandotte. You know, the the little little couple blocks of our downtown area continue to grow, and it's not getting crazy with uh, tourists and whatnot. We have the waterfront, beautiful yoga studio, ice cream parlors. I mean, it really is is encapsulates a little bit of everything. It sure does. Yes. And the business owners are 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 passionate about about keeping it a very very uh, mom and pop. Yeah, it's great. I'm not from the Downriver area, so I'm very very. I was new to Wyandotte, so I got to learn the area, and I absolutely love it. I love all the parks, and I love all the the access to the water. You don't have to live in Wyandotte proper to access them. It's one of the things I love about it the most. Yeah, it's yeah. super cool, and I mean, yeah. you know, because. Because we're only like 20 minutes south of Detroit, from our waterfront, you see the Detroit skyline. Yeah. You know, we're not far from Ohio, and, and it's really a, a nice location to get to just about anywhere. It's only four hours Chicago, four hours to Toronto. Yeah. We're not too far from anywhere in southeastern Michigan, which is pretty rad. Yeah. Can't find that everywhere. So, um, you know, let's just start from the beginning. You know, let's start. Uh, where'd you grow up? How, you know, how, how was life coming up? So I grew up, I started in Detroit proper, and then we moved out to the suburbs north, Sterling Heights, out to Macomb Township. Pretty generic uh, childhood other than the the part of me that was kind of confusing growing up. But, you know, Polish, Italian family, Catholic, went to Catholic school for one year, hated it, uh, begged to go to public school. And I mean, I my childhood, I had great friends. I had a wonderful family, did have some trauma growing up, but I think every family does. Um, the interesting thing about, I would say, my childhood and what really launched me into yoga at such a young age was my my mom was, I don't think she would say this even to this day, but my mom is extremely intuitive. And I think I get that that gift from her. But my mom also loved uh, psychics, tarot cards, astrology, all those things. So at a really young age, I was introduced to Fatima, her name was. I, I wonder I don't wonder what she's doing these days, but Fatima was a blind. Uh, medium, psychic. And we would go see her maybe once a year. So I started and I would go when I was maybe nine or 10. And I'll, rem I'll never forget the first time I kept, I said to my mom over <clears throat> two or three years, mom, I can't see the chalkboard at school. I can't read the board. Can't see. I can't see. No, you're fine. You don't need glasses. You're fine. So she went and saw Fatima one year in Fatima, this psychic said, you need to take your youngest daughter to get her eyes checked. So 
My mom finally did. Those were the kinds of things that would happen. Mom, I need this. Let me see what Fatima says. So I finally did. Yes, I needed glasses. Yes, I got contacts. It was just these odd things that would happen throughout my life um, that really opened me up more to a spiritual world. And I can say as an empath, if that word has crossed your path in the last couple years, yes, I'm sure you're a huge empath and generator. But I, I think that having that background led me to all the things later on in life, losing a best friend, losing my sister, and opening me up to like the spirit world for me to be able to access the, the angelic realm before we get into all that. But there is quite a bit about that. But that's kind of where it all started. Um, I used to make like tinctures growing up, kind of like Dr. Bach. I'm not sure if you know who he is. He does flower remedies. They're emotional flower remedies. He's a doctor from the late 1800s. Late in my 20s, I'm like, God, I think I'm attached to this doctor of some kind, but I would spend hours making flower remedies, like flowers, taking the essence, making tinctures as like a seven-year-old. Those are the kinds of things I enjoyed. I would read astrology. The first book I ever read when I got my car, drove to uh, the first place I went was a bookstore and read and bought the Tibetan book of living and dying. Like those are the kinds of things that I was interested in. So you have been on this I've path. I've been on this path a long time. For a very long time. I'm, Many I'm, lifetimes, I think. Yeah. yeah I'm not quite, uh, I think I have been, but I didn't realize it till decades later. You yeah. know, when you, for me, I look back at different things that have happened and I'm like, how did I not see that at 25? Or how did I not re recognize that at 30, you know? Well, that's so true. And I don't think I connected all these dots till I was well into my 20s, 30s, and then even 40s. Right A lot of those on. dots connected later. Right on. Right. It was normal to me. How, how cool. It was all normal to me. You know, my mom was rad because she never told me I couldn't do anything. And I'd be, you know, touching up her roots and she'd be dying my mohawk. And we had, a, we had a great relationship. My mom's super freaking rad. But not going to see psychics and stuff like that. I mean, we were trying out different. I mean, I had Mormons coming to my house at some time. We had tried this church, that church. I didn't grow up in a really religious family. We yeah. tried different kinds of things. Yeah. And I think that's what, for me, to growing up, looking at different things and giving everything an opportunity and see what resonated with me. And it took me years to find that. That's freaking rad that you, uh, you know, sort of started on the path at a young age in the single opener. digits. <laughs> yeah, it was a door opener. That's for sure. Astrology was a door opener. Religion. I loved anything regarding religion. I, I, I was Catholic and raised Catholic and went to church every holy day, every Sunday. But I wanted to see what else was out there. What was Buddhism? What was Hinduism and all of that? So it's just to me, that's really fun reading philosophy. And totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. And the Hindus, I, I, I'm blown away. Like, I remember yeah. the first book I read about Hinduism. I'm like, I'm Hindu. I didn't yeah. even know it. Like, yeah. I, I fit in all this stuff, yeah. you know. They're very interesting and keeping an open mind, mm -hmm. you know, definitely, definitely, for sure. So, uh, you know, cool, interesting childhood. And then moving into, like, your uh, college years and stuff like that, uh, how did that go? Yeah, college was great. Went to Wayne State. Uh, I was in school a long time. I wanted to be a doctor, a naturopathic doctor, and couldn't get through all of the pre-med at Wayne State. So I went to school. I, I changed my major into fashion design, 
who knows? Like, right? It's like totally different, but it was creative and I was using my hands. So that's what I did. And that really led me into my 20 year career in retail. So working in, uh, you know, I worked in the corporate world and executive retail management, uh, vendor repping, that sort of thing. But yoga found me really when I was in my early 20s. I started out with taking Tai Chi at Wayne State. And I'll never forget the first, um, a friend of mine that I met, his name was Mitchell. And he was like, you should really take a yoga class. I'm like, no, I love Tai Chi. Like, I'll never stop doing Tai Chi. I love it. And a friend of mine in college said, oh, let's go to this little place. And there wasn't yoga studios back then. There just wasn't. And so it was this dark, dingy little place in Royal Oak above the Wonderground Magic Shop. I don't, it's not there anymore, but there was like they did stand up comedy. They did like improv. It was dark. You know, at the time, I think you could smoke in, in inside like restaurants. So it was dark, dingy. We'd move the tables and there was a teacher who's still around, who's Johnny Cust from Center for Yoga, who would teach this healthy backs class. And there was me and maybe seven others that would come every week, every Thursday. And that was my introduction to yoga. And once I started, I just, I, I, I couldn't stop. And he eventually opened uh, Center for Yoga in Southfield, I think was his first place. And then I transitioned going there. So that was in my 20s. Right on. And it's just always been in part of my life. Well, in Wayne State, you bring up Wayne State, and, uh, you know, one of my favorite people to read is Dr. Wayne Dyer. Like, mm, I love Wayne Dyer. Yeah. And, you know, he was teaching at Wayne State. He grew up in foster care in Mount Clemens. Yeah. Like, I love bringing that up because his evolution as a person, you can watch through his books. Mm-hmm. You went to Wayne State. I went to Wayne State. How rad is that? Ethan, did you go to Wayne State? No, I did not. You better go enroll in Wayne State, dude. <laughs> enroll in Wayne State. It's it's breeding some great people. Um, yeah. And they change from the Tartars to the Warriors yeah. now. So, I yeah. mean, they're tough. They're not so weird. But Wayne State is a great, great school in Midtown Detroit. It, some of the greatest people I've met have been uh, Wayne State alumni. So that is super rad. And fashion design, I mean, creativity is, is I think, a lost art. Um, I, I studied industrial design with a minor in art history at Wayne State, and I'm very much a graphic illustrator more than anything. But um, creativity is, I think it's coming back, but for mm-hmm. a while it was sort of being like shunned at like they were really cookie cutter and people who were creatives were looked at a little strange uh for a lot of the last i don't know 30 40 50 yeah, that's years definitely flipped especially in our town yeah now yeah. it's like embraced mm-hmm. i mean i just visited a place uh where was his place at actually in dearborn and it's the former city hall and Dearborn is where Ford Motor Company got its start. I mean, it's straight up Ford country. And the old Dearborn City Hall is now lofts and up to three bedroom apartments for creatives oh, only. Wow. You have to prove you're a creative person. I don't know how you do that. And also, Portfolio, sec- maybe. Yep. Yeah. And also Section 8. And so it's huh. this whole art community, wow. and so that art and art Smart. art type people who we all know. If you just want to make art, you're not going to crush it in the financial world. And this is an affordable place to live where you can raise a family as a creative. And I'm like, that is brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant. That is. So interesting. Yeah, creatives are super rad. So you go to Wayne State, you get into fashion design. 
And then where do you go from there? I mean, you, you, you brought up the corporate world, so you start working in, in how, you 20-year career in the yeah, corporate world? Yeah, just about, yep. I, work, I mean, I just worked in retail locally, and then I started vendor repping. So then I would go to every mall. And then eventually I got a job with a, a, a woman's clothing line out of California, and then I covered, you know, nine states. And I traveled, and I kept, you know, just vendor, just different companies, guests. Back in the day, Liz Claiborne was big, you know, like all these lines. So I did that for a very long time. And then I took a position. My last corporate position was with Macy's. And I was there. Uh, uh, I worked for Macy's Merchandising Group, which was a support for Macy's out of New York. So I traveled to all the Macy's stores in the North region, every family of business. I was their um, a regional merchandise coordinator, basically. Retail development manager, went to different, you know, Families of business within the company. It was great. I loved it. I'm not one to be in one spot a lot. I need to move around. So my career in those, you know, almost 20 years helped me to do that. I like to be somewhere new every day. So the new, like the owning a yoga studio and being one spot, that that's a little bit, that was a transition for me. Well, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so used to moving around so much. And and I love traveling, too. You know, I actually mm-hmm. sleep better on the road than I do in my own mm-hmm. house because I can get out of my bed and work. When I'm in a hotel or traveling, I can't get up and do stuff. So I sleep really, really well. Oh, right. And yeah. I, I enjoy traveling and I understand that. Um, but how do you uh, I, I'm most interested in y- you build this reputation, this, the, you know, I mean, Macy's is big time. Macy's is big time. I mean, they're international, whatever. Um, but you know yoga is your passion, and you just one day go, I'm quitting? Like, how that transition, I'd like I'd like to get into that a little bit, because, you know, security is one thing, you know, and yeah. we're, it's, it's drilled into our heads. You know, get a good job that's secure with a big company. You don't have to worry about anything. You're going to work there for 40 years. You're going to retire, and your body probably isn't going to be able to do anything fun once you get to that <laughs> Like, I don't understand that whole philosophy, but that's what we're told to do. You spend, you, you say you love it. You just told it. me you loved what mm-hmm. you were doing. Why change it? Well, it was a, I think it was a culmination of many things. And eventually, I was probably in year six with Macy's. There were many changes, just like many corporations go through. Every January, we're sitting at home waiting to see who's getting laid off. I kind of managed to make it through every layoff or they found me a new position within the same family of business or just, I always figured it out. So in, I think this is relevant to talk about, my sister passed away in 2014, January. She was sick, she had ovarian cancer and she battled that for uh, four years. And when she passed away, I was in the middle of, it was in the middle of, right before she passed away, everyone go home, waiting for the conference call, who's getting laid off this year. There was just so much going on. I made it through, but that whole year, everything shifted for me. Just grieving her death. Uh, Her and I were very spiritually connected. I have three sisters. She was my oldest sister. Um, And in the meantime, I had... (laughs) landed this freelance job as I was working at Macy's. It was just kind of like 
handed to me. And it was super creative. And it was for a very well-known real estate company downtown. And this is at the point when they were buying up buildings and buildings they couldn't keep up. I mean, there was just empty, vacant windows everywhere. And they said, would you like to be come in and do some what they called window activations, which were basically window displays in these giant windows that were city blocks long with no budget. But I was like, of, of, yeah, I have to just say yes. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to say yes. So this was all during that last year I was at Macy's. Um, you know, I, I, I did what I could. The budgets were small. I, I, I mean, the first window I did was right before Movement Festival. My sister was a beautiful, you know, a dancer. She taught dance. She was amazing. Loved music. So I took all of her records, her not all of them, but some of her 45 records, and did this window right, be- right in front of close to where, you know, Heart Plaza is. And I made this giant record train dress made out of records, you know, this whole thing, music-inspired boho window. And then it kept going on. And it was fun. I was creative. And that that I know was me. It was like my sister handed it to me, like, you need to go have some fun and heal. And this is your this is going to be your way to heal. So it was great. But I started turning work down come, like, October, November. Turning work down, I was so busy at my corporate job. And one day I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to travel. My kids are getting older. I'm a single mom. I'm like, this is getting really hard. I just don't want to do, there was a split. The split started maybe in April after my sister died. The split started and I just felt like I was no longer an asset to them. And they were now no longer an asset to me. That was just my feeling. So I took three months and I had to go deep inside because it was a corporate salary. <laughs> it was my. It was how I supported my children. And uh, I got up every morning and I would meditate and I would say, am I going to be okay if I leave? And I would intuitive write for about, I don't know, three minutes. I don't know what I wrote, but I would write the answer down. I wouldn't look back at it. I'd close my notebook. I'd go to work. Next night, I'd read it. Every day, I'd read it. And everything kept pointing back to, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. So in November, I called this company that I was doing freelance work, and I said, what do you need me for? I'm going to be available 100% of the time. So I did think that I had like a side. I figured that that would move into the fi- next year. It would supplement my income until mm-hmm. I figured out my next move. Um, and I left Macy's in November. It was my first Christmas off in 20 years. How cool. <laughs> you know, retail, you work, you know, seven, six, seven-day work weeks when you're an executive. You, you work a lot. You actually got to experience the holidays that year? I, well, I worked. I was doing my windows up until December 22nd. But you said your windows. Yes. Nobody else's. Nobody else's. Now, yeah. Macy's, no, yeah. These are the ones I was designing for this company, right? Love it. So, they... Uh, Inform me a couple days before that they had they're leasing out you know they're they're leasing out these buildings like the, the, my my freelance is not going to be needed in the next year so this was like I don't know early December and I was like okay this is just what's happening I already made my decision I'm going to do the best I can possibly do with these windows I'm going to blow them out of the water I'm going to train some people that they had coming in that were younger that worked for the company directly and I said I'm going to tell them every, I'm going to share everything I know I'm going to go out really clean I'm just going to go out clean so I worked hustled 
December 22nd, I was done. It was my son's birthday. Christmas Eve comes. This kind of goes into the whole how I'm going to open up the yoga studio. But I hadn't processed that I had no income. I was teaching yoga three days a week, making grocery money, you know, basically teaching yoga three classes. And so on Christmas Eve, I put the kids to bed, brought out all their gifts, put them under the tree, went out back. I have a yoga room, which is now more of a meditation room off the back of my house. It's not heated, but I put my, bundled up my coat, put my blanket on, sat down in my chair back there, and I just said, like, I started to process. Like, what am I, I you know, I, I was in a little bit of a panic phase. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. So, but I said, okay, this is it. Where am I going to go open up my yoga studio? Where can I provide the most healing? I've wanted to do this for 20 years. Now's my time. Where can I provide the most healing? And see, that's... And the answer came. My sister answered me. And I was just going to say, you know, I'm stoked listening to you because so much of my life is the questions are answered the exact same way as you just explained. I I put it out there, too. And, and for our listeners, it doesn't matter if you call it universe, God, Ralph, no. Mary, Krishna, Muhammad. I don't care what you call it. The universe or whatever you call it never lies and will never steer you wrong. I'll put questions out there before I'm going to bed when I'm doing my gratitude meditation at the end of the night. And within a very short period of time, the answer is there. Sometimes I don't want to hear the answer, yeah. but yeah. it's there. And I've been experiencing like the booga, booga, booga uh, kind of experiences mm. uh, for as long as I've been quieting my mind enough to see them. Yeah. And and I, I uh, what you just explained really resonates with me because it, it works. Mm-hmm. You just have to quiet your brain to, to, to see it. You do. You gotta let the the water settle. Mm-hmm. Let the waves settle. Let everything simmer down. Um, I got really good at talking to spirit. When my best friend passed away, a few years prior to that, then my sister passed away. Uh, it like prepped me. So it's really interesting when you talk to spirit. It's not. It's your voice, but it's their personality. Hmm. So it's unremarkable. Because the things that would come out and the things that she shared with me when my dad finally came through after he passed um, is them. It's them. I would never think the way they think. But yet the answers were coming to me through her voice. Unremarkable yeah. is the word you said. It's, mm-hmm. unremar- it's unremarkable. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I think when we do quiet our minds, you know, um, Marianne, the producer of this show, we were just talking about meditation. And she's like, I have a hard time quieting my mind. For me, I had to listen to guided meditations. I had to have somebody else in my ears mm-hmm. telling me to calm down. Yeah. And now it's sort of cool because I just put on some binaural beats and I'm in it. I'm in it very quickly and my mind can calm yeah. down and it, and it works. It works. And I've, I haven't been steered wrong since I began to mm-hmm. to stop the muddy waters a little bit. And uh, when I forget to do that, you know, when I get off my routine or I don't wake up with meditation, yeah. my whole day is out of kilter. Like totally. it's, it's wacky. It really is wacky mm-hmm. how that sets the tone. Because for me, my morning meditation sets the tone for my day. Yeah. And and then if I can, I'll, I'll 
try to get a little mini meditation in the middle afternoon and then it's gratitude in the evenings and yeah. that's that works for me uh, everybody I think is a little bit different how they how it works that's a very Vedic style of meditation that you do or transcendental meditation mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. a day 20 minutes but mm-hmm. it's it's like your inner pharmacy I, I, I get why when I I'm a huge meditator I always have been <clears throat> I fluctuated through different seven years I did a certain meditation I try not to mix modalities I give it my all. So they have moved, definitely. Um, and I'm in a more Vedic style meditation right now, which is that twice a day. But I can see where people can get out overwhelmed. If there, if people meditated more, they would see. <laughs> yeah, there's like, a gen- there, there is a calm. There's a calm yeah. through the storm. There's a gentleman named Michael A. Singer, and uh, I've read his autobiography. It's also awesome. And he, uh, his whole philosophy was trying to quiet that 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 voice in his head. Figuring out what that voice in his head was. And if you get a chance, um, you know, The Untethered Soul, he wrote that book. Wonderful book. Yep, he wrote that. And then his autobiography will blow your doors off. I've never read that. All he wanted to do was meditate in the middle of a field. That's it. I just want to meditate. And all these crazy things happened. And he's like, I just want to meditate. And he started Temple of the Universe, and it kept growing and growing and growing. And in the 2000s, the company that was forced upon him, and his whole thing was taking out personal decision-making. So he decided to leave it all up to the universe and taking out personal preference. So anything that was presented to him, he had to give it his all and not say no because the universe presented it to him. Ended up building a company that is like buried in like whatever the you know, when they bury things for, what is it called, time capsules? Yeah. His company was included in the Internet time capsule in Washington, D.C. And all he wanted to do starting in 1971 was meditate in the middle of nowhere with his Volkswagen van. That's it. That's it. And it's it's a great read. But when you can quiet your mind and, and not eliminate total personal preference, but maybe see what's being presented to you. And, and embrace that. And, and with you, you know, you talked about it being presented at a very young age and mm-hmm. always being a part. And I wanted to ask, were you practicing yoga throughout the, 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 your whole corporate career, through college, through all of it? Were you practicing yoga? I was practicing. When I had kids and when they were really little, my practice consisted of what I could do in my living room, you know, because there was you, you can't always get away when you're traveling and then you're home and your kids are little. You need to spend as much time as you can with them. So it's always been a part of my life, always. My yeah. cat's super good at yoga, I'll yeah. tell you that. My cat will get down on the floor. Seriously, like I'll get down to like, oh, they love stretch, it. and the cat gets right down there with yeah. me, and he's like almost makes cracks yeah. me up because yeah. I think he's trying to emulate me some days. It, it's awesome. He is. Little Finny is amazing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, yoga for me, I've incorporated it. You know, Asana's into my skateboard stretching. Yeah. And uh, I go to physical therapy. And, yeah. and part of that, like, even though they don't, we don't really talk about it, very similar to yoga asanas, what we're doing in physical therapy. And for me, you know, the 20 minutes I stretch out at the skate park, it's incorporating all of that. It has yeah. been huge for me physically mm-hmm. to be able to continue to be active. And I'm starting to see legendary pro skaters. I got a gentleman named Chris Miller. Uh, he started a company, a clothing company, or he's part of it, that it, it's clothing that is really yoga 
influence for everyday life. It's pretty interesting what oh, they're doing with awesome. it's a uh, bori, and it's pretty cool for him to talk about it and say, you know, yoga is a huge reason why I can still skate. And I think he's 52 now, just yeah. crushing it, yeah. crushing it on a skateboard. And for you to be doing it your uh, the majority of your life is rad. And now. Now, I mean, your studio is so comfy walking in the door. Mm. It is, it embraces you as you come through the door. I love that. Uh, and very, very uh, comfortable to walk in, walk in and, and feel the positive energy. How did you, you, you said that you don't live in Wyandotte. Mm -mm. You live uh, on the east side of town, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, how did I you live pick? Forty-five minutes away. Yeah. How did you pick Wyandotte? Well, let's let's get back uh, to to how you um, just you were just talking about how you you made the decision. I'm opening Christmas a yoga Eve. studio Christmas Eve. Let's go back to there. I... So, and that that'll explain all your answers too, or your questions. Cool. So, yeah, that was I said out to the universe. Where can I go? Where can I provide the most healing? Now, yes, I would love to open a studio in Gross Point. I live there. <laughs> But there were seven studios within a mile from my house, and there was at that time, too. So I'm like, the first thing she said to me, and you know when spirit's talking to you, because your body goes, at least my body goes through a, a, a shift, chills, I can, uh, joyful tears that I can't really describe. It's like nothing I've ever experienced before. And I know she's there. And she started talking to me, and she said, you need to go to, you need to go down river. And I said, down river? I don't even know down river. I said, Wyandotte? And she said, yep. And I said, Wyandotte? I said, okay. And then she, she continued to talk to me about my kids. I had questions about them. Do I move, to, do I move down river? What do I do? And she had answered quite a few questions for me. How am I going to pay for it? Like, what am I going to do? So Christmas comes. I, I know that she was there with me that night. Because when I finally went up to bed, and this is where the name kind of ties in, um, as someone that that likes angels quite a bit and talks to spirit, they they communicate through numbers for me. That's what they've always done for the past 15 years. They communicate through numbers, and they're very specific, these angel numbers. So I had this experience in my back room talking to my late sister, believe it or not, mm -hmm. and I went up to bed. And when I went to bed, there was a clock in my room and it was blinking 359. It was not 359 in the morning. And I we didn't lose power. And I'm like, why is that clock blinking 359? So I was like, oh, I need to look that up. There's something, there's something there. And really what struck me in that moment was um, 359 is one degree short of a full revolution. Mm -hmm. So from a mathematical equation, it that just landed in me. Like there's always more to learn. There's always that one percent. You're never, you know. And if, if you don't have that, you're you'll you'll get bored. You'll you know you'll wither away. You always have to have something to, that you're working for. You're cracking me up yeah. over here because so, uh, like I started a design company quite a few years ago, and it's called eighty six percent because eighty six percent is a little bit above average. Uh, like I, yeah. I'm never going to be the best, but I'm a little bit above average. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. They're so. It's, well, there's always more to learn about yourself, like always, breath, movement, all of it. There is always more to learn. So, yes, we we are totally, yes, connected and in, in there. So that's kind of when it planted, that seed that was germinating in me for 22 years. Because I remember walking into Johnny Kess' class at his studio, 
and thinking to myself, this is, I, I'm supposed to own a yoga studio and teach. That's it. So that seed was sprouted at 359. So that's kind of where the name came from. Right on. So, yeah. I was it. wondering about that because yeah. 359 degree yoga is your place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that now everybody in the world knows where that name came from. Yeah. So that's very cool. So Christmas, huge, Comes. huge holiday season. I mean, epiphany, epiphany, epiphany. Yeah. You're, you're getting some direction. What happens next? I start looking. I start scouting. I, I started looking in Wyandotte right away. Uh, I think I went the day after Christmas, walked around, tried to get my bearings, learn about the city. Um wrote down a whole bunch of different things that the wine dot has come a long way there was a lot of turnover in buildings when i was looking but i had i was hitting nothing but roadblocks for at least nine months like roadblocks like no not available or brokers weren't calling me back i'm like i was like wow i guess i'm supposed to go somewhere else this isn't happen this isn't happening like this isn't so i took three months off i'm like i'm just going to take a few months off of looking for a place um, in the meantime, I'm, you know, don't have a job. <laughs> I'm teaching yoga. Uh, it got a little rough, and I did what I had to do with my kids during that time. And eventually I start, I drove back down there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just drive into, like, Woodhaven. I'm going to drive around and look around. And I remember driving on West Road, and my sister showed up. My sister was there again. And she said in her bossy tone, turn around. You're going the wrong way. Go back to Wyandotte. And I had the chills. I had the tears come. I was like, okay. I did a U-turn on West Road, drove back into Wyandotte, and pulled up in front of what is now 359 Yoga. And I had never seen that door before. And I pulled up, and I looked, and it was covered in paper. And I'm like, oh, where does that door go? Huh, never saw that. And I look up. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a second floor. Look at all those windows. That's what's always been in my head. I wanted a second floor perched kind of high above, you know, trees outside the windows and so nothing on the door of course I'm like oh of course there's no number or anything so I go into Stroh's I ask the woman the owner and I said hey do you know what goes upstairs like what what is that a business is it available and she said oh no it's just an empty empty huge room it's like oh perfect and she said our building just got bought out I have the name and number of the new uh, landlord I'll give it to you so she hands me his name and number I call him as I walk out the door he, we, we speak that night, and he, he says, oh, I was going to open or build a couple apartments, condos. I give him my whole vision for the studio, and he's like, I don't know what is about you, but meet me, at the stu- meet me at the space tomorrow, and I'll show it to you. So we did, and the rest is history. He just, he's been the mo- he's been an angel sent to me, truly. He has been an angel sent to me. Um, he helped with the build-out. He uh, was just wonderful. So the build-out did take quite a long time. We had some obstacles and roadblocks. It's a second floor, and we had nowhere to put an uh, elevator. So we had to wait for some special permits through, this, through the state of Michigan. Um, but eventually, we opened, and that was in November of 2017. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So November of 2017. So you know, a couple years now into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really, with yoga studios, I feel like it, you really have to build the culture a little bit, especially in Wyandotte, because there's no other yoga studios in Wyandotte, I think. I'm not 100% Not in Wyandotte. Sure. There is a couple close by, um, but at the time when I was doing my market research, there weren't any. There's one in Trenton now, but that one was located in Grosseal at the time. 
Um, and then there's a, a nonprofit one in uh, Southgate. Southgate, yeah. yeah and I've been to one. that one, and they do a pretty good job there. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in Wyandotte or... Mm-mm. And that's so crazy because yoga really has has really steadily been picking up steam to in our little town is a little bit hip but not not too hip not yeah. not Ferndale hip but right. but like old hip uh, to only have one yoga studio in the whole town is pretty freaking cool and uh, how how has it been accepted you know how is uh people coming to you people come showing up i mean has a steady steady growth kind of thing cuz yeah. I did the yoga in the park. You're doing some oh, yeah. very, very interesting stuff. And we're going to get into some of the special things you're doing with the paddle boards and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But the yoga in the park, uh, people were blown away when I said, yes, I did yoga in the park on Wednesday. And there had to be 100 people there. People yeah. were blown away. To me, it seems like the draw has been really, really good. It's been uh, it's been wonderful. And I, I will say I was really scared to go into a community that I knew no one. Um, I didn't know if I'd find yoga teachers. I, I didn't know. I, there was just me. And I had a few friends from that were instructors from the east side where I live that I was like, will, will, you, will, you, will you teach for me, please? Okay. I'll, I'll pay you accordingly. I know you're driving an hour one way. <laughs> you know, like I just wanted really good teachers and the healing element that we have. Um, it all fell into place. I will just say that. Everyone that was supposed to be in the studio and work for the studio found me. I found them. They found me. It was it was pretty effortless, you know. Now we're building a little bit more and trying to grow a little bit. So looking for we are looking for a yoga teacher right now, um, but certainly it was just a, a everything fell into place. We're doing great stuff for the community, um, and I can't imagine being anywhere else. Well, Very you- down to earth, and the people are just amazing. If my kids were not in middle school, I'd move to the area. <laughs> It's a nice little town. You know, I I just bought a house down in Wyandotte five years ago, and I've been slowly redoing it. The house is built in 1926, and it's been been definitely an interesting journey. And the city has been nothing but supportive, you know, as uh, every step of the way. It's really been pretty cool. And our downtown area, I mean, it is amazing. And your location is sweet. Like, second level, you can see up and down both ways. beautiful, yeah. And uh, it is really cool. And that yoga in the park on Wednesdays, right in front of City Hall, to have 100 people out on the grass doing yoga, I, I that blew me away. It totally yeah. did. When you pulled out an amplifier and a microphone so that everybody could hear, yeah. I'm like, how many people are showing up to this thing? You know, I'm like, 10, 15, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. And I thought that was rad. What are some other sort of unique stuff you guys are doing? I mean, you got some the the rooftops. Uh, yoga. Yeah, I mean, you got that. some cool stuff. We try to do a lot of outdoor stuff in the summer because we're in Michigan, and I think this isn't. This is we're not. I mean, every studio I think goes through this a little bit in the summer. We want to be outside. We're all from Michigan. We all want to be outside. Um, so yeah, we try to do as many outdoor events as we can. We um, the Daily Merit Building, which is right across from our studio, it has this gorgeous rooftop, wood floors overlooking the water. You know, just made that connection the first year I was down there. I'm like, we need to offer this right in Wyandotte. And, and I said, well, I wonder what that building has on the roof. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm up there, and it's a wood floor, and it's gorgeous. And I said, we need to do that. So, yeah, we do that twice a year. It's, it's, we do it at sunset. It's so chill, laid back, fun. Uh, city. Fa- I think it's a community favorite. Like, I think that the studio loves it. This And people come to that that don't even come to the studio. 
We do the free yoga on Wednesday nights with Henry Ford Wyandotte Hospital um, in conjunction with them. So that's an offering that we give to the, you know, the community over the summer. And then we do stand-up paddleboard yoga in collaboration with Riverside Kayak, which is uh, RKC Adventures on Belle Isle. So one of our instructors is trained in SUP, you know, SUP paddleboard yoga, and she teaches it, and it's really fun. We do about four or five a summer and just try to keep it light. We try to keep it fun, you know. We want people to come back to their mat. At least that's how I am. It needs to be fun. I have to have a good time on my mat. Yeah, and I love that uh, if you're not familiar with yoga, you know, and, or if you're nervous about going for the first time or I can't do that or my body just doesn't bend like that, I was the same way. I was terrified. I'm like, I, I, what am I going to walk in here, you know? Every different walk of life has been represented whenever I've been to a yoga studio. You could be next to somebody who's putting their body into a pretzel very easily, but then the person next to you is like me, who my body's been worked over 14 times, and so it's tough for me to get into some poses, but I do the best I can. And any great yoga instructor will tell you to listen to your body, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, but it's it's moms and dads. It's it's uh, I've seen like 15, 13, 14 year old athletes in there. It's the everyday Joe just getting out of the factory doing yoga. Every different walk of life is represented. So if you're on the fence, you're nervous, you don't want to go. You just walk into one of these places and say, it's my first time. Mm-hmm. And they will guide you yeah. exactly what to do. And I'm sure you see a lot of that. We see up. it all. We see it all. Every, I mean, and, and even me, I mean, I've been doing yoga 20 some years. My practice has changed considerably as I've aged. Um, so we teach to everyone. It's yoga is for everyone. doesn't matter if you're flexible. doesn't ma- matter if you were a gymnast your whole life. We teach to everyone. We give modifications and you will feel very held and very supported in our studio. And I'm sure any other studio across the country if you walk into we love our first timers we love the beginners at least i do they're my fave well and they don't Mm -hmm. have any bad habits yeah exactly (laughs) yeah even i have bad habits yeah i get corrected by my teacher now yeah (laughs) yep i've been to a few different yoga studios and and each one has been very similar in the warmth and the embrace absolutely Mm-hmm. And, and um, it's not a competition, that's yeah. for sure. It's yeah. it's you doing it for you, uh, for the betterment of your own body. And when you can incorporate, because, you know, I was reading about the history of yoga. And mm-hmm. I, I've been practicing. Uh, but the history is very interesting, as I opened the show with. And in the 60s, there's a gentleman, and I can't recall his name offhand, but he really focused on the physiological side of yoga mm-hmm. to try to make it more appealing in the Western world because people weren't ready for the, the mental side of it yet. Yeah, like Baron Baptiste's parents. I don't know if you know who yes, he is. Yeah. His parents and Iyengar. They brought Mr. Iyengar over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's physiological first, and then the, the and that always comes later anyway. The meditation piece, the emotional, the spirit piece. Yeah. And when you can incorporate yeah. that breathing, it's still mm-hmm. difficult for Pranayama. me. Yeah. It's still difficult. I have to like consciously think about my breathing as I'm because I always want to hold my breath when I'm doing yeah. poses. I want to hold my breath. When you can get to a point when you can incorporate all of that, there is no better feeling. I've walked out of a yoga studio feeling like I was walking on clouds. Like I had to wait like an hour before I would ride my skateboard because I was on a different level. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. 
But if you are definitely, if, if you are have never stepped in a yoga studio, at least give it a shot. At least give it a try because it could have an impact that you don't even know is there. For me, it has been life-changing. I mean, I, it's not always stretching. When I get into certain uh, positions, child pose is freaking awesome. Like, it stretches me great, and it takes me to a different place mentally now instantaneously. When I do certain poses, it calms my brain, muscle memory, whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. like automatically I calm down, mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a rad feeling. Well, we have to move that energy. That body, our bodies get congested. You have to move that energy. Yoga is a great tool to do that. Skateboarding, another tool. High intensity interval training, another tool. But there is a little bit more with the breathing, I will say, with yoga that takes it just to that. I mean, if you're just, my first teacher always said to me, you can just be in this room breathing deep ujjayi breaths, pranayam, and you're doing yoga. You don't have to move, but the breath is so powerful to just move that energy out of your system, right? So, yeah, huge believer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. Even if you're in child's pose the whole hour, you're still getting healing. Oh, and it's a yeah. great feeling, I'll yeah. tell you that. But you're exactly correct. You know, we're sitting here with Jen Perry from 359 Yoga. And thank you again so much thank for, you for com having me. coming out here to NRM Studios. Yeah. Ethan, thank you for doing what you do. You know, Ethan takes care of our levels and stuff, stuff that you guys don't get to see. But dude is amazing. Amazing. He deals with my dumb jokes. I make dumb jokes all the time. Ethan, thank you for doing what you do. He, he comes with the stats and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just a, a great person, and I appreciate you being here with uh, Jen and I today. Um, so so what what do we got in the works for 359? Like, do you have anything planned coming up? I know summer's a big busy time, as you said. You guys try to get outside as much as you can. Wednesday night, free yoga. You got the rooftop yoga coming, the stand-up paddleboard yoga. Yeah. I mean, those things blew me away because that seems different than, than what uh, the other standard studios, if yeah. you will, are doing. Yeah, we um, we we have some one of my uh, teachers from Hawaii is coming in September for a weekend immersion, and and he's a a master teacher and educator. And then we'll be moving into our teacher training to hopefully get some new teachers <laughs> in winter 2020. And then I have some other stuff on the hopper, some fun stuff, some fun stuff to be revealed to be determined shortly. Oh, like cool! I, yeah, so we have some fun stuff coming up too. So yeah. uh, if, if somebody wanted to be, like, how long does training take? Like what? five Ours is five months long. Five mm -hmm. months. And what would be, because I know there's different kinds of yoga. There's Kriya yoga and this yoga mm -hmm. and the yoga. We what? teach a power vinyasa-based yoga. That's what they learn in training. They will learn a power vinyasa class because you can, you can teach that and then go, you can go slower. What I found down river is mostly everybody can teach very slow yin style. But it's, it's been harder for me to find power vinyasa, one breath, one movement style teachers. So we train. That's what they learn in class. They learn so much more. But that's the kind of class they learn to teach. And then, then they can take that and, and slow it down. So it's easier to go fast to slow than it is most can't have a hard time going from that slow, learning slow, to move it up. So Makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Power vinyasa. Mm -hmm. I'll give you guys another crazy fact about this crazy stuff called yoga. Yogananda. Mm -hmm. This, you know, he was one of the very first people to do mail order. 
people don't know that. He's really? his Kriya Yoga. If you signed up with Yogananda, we're talking about the 20s and 30s here, yeah. people. Maybe even into the 40s. If you signed up with him, you would get a monthly lesson about Kriya Yoga, and you had to take huh. it for a long-term period to get it. And when I, you know, it, it, yoga really is truly phenomenal when you start looking into the background of where it came from, mm-hmm. what it does for you on a physiological level, on a mental level. As we have talked about, you got to try it. You know, you, nobody ever can learn how to swim from reading a book about swimming. You got to get in the water. got to get on the mat. And yoga yeah. is just like that. Mm-hmm. So we're coming down to the last few minutes of the show. This hour goes quick. Yeah, every, it does. every episode, it goes like, what? The hour's already done? Um, if folks want to get a hold of you, if they want to see what you're doing, social media, website how do they get there yeah so you can follow us on instagram it's just 359 yoga on facebook it's 359 degree spelled out yoga Um, our website is uh, www.359yoga.com we have quite a bit on our website too and now, is there a schedule and stuff like that on the website, or do they have to come visit with you down at the nope, storefront? they can access anything from our website. Very. We also have a podcast called Trust the Yoga. <laughs> right on. How do people it's get a, to that? They, there's, I think, 12 episodes, and you can reach them on iTunes, or you can reach them through SoundCloud. Right yeah. on. Make so sure those are to, fun. Make sure to check that out. We were talking about that before we came on the air today, mm-hmm. and I'm like, so you're a pro. You're ready for this. And I she's don't know like, if I'm a pro, but <laughs> uh, but we run a pretty pretty relaxed show here. Yeah. You know, I I just want everybody to see whatever you have in here, in here, you can make it happen. And Jen, you're a great example of that. Mm, you thank know? you. The, the path that you just laid out, you know, it, it's like uh, we we talked about when you get to a certain point, you look back and go, how did I not see that happening? Mm-hmm. It sounds like that. That's a very uh, similar aha moment. Yeah. Uh, when you open the doors at three, five, nine. Yeah. But yeah. What a Take risks. Yes, you have to. You have to. You have to, especially when you're following your passion. Yeah. You know, get uncomfortable. Really, truly. Because it'll pay for it down the road. Yeah. And when you know, when you just have a knowing, Dr. Wayne Dyer calls it a knowing. Mm -hmm. When you know that's where you're supposed to be and you're fighting to go this direction. Oh, yeah. Get in the flow. It's a lot yeah. easier fl- going, going with the Going downstream, right? <laughs> yes. Abraham Hicks, yeah. I was just going <laughs> to say, it's so much easier than swimming upstream. Yep. But thank you so thank much you. for being here today. And thank you, the viewer. Get in, get, go test out the yoga studio in your hometown and just share this with everybody. Let's make positivity go viral. That's what we need to do. Thank you so much for being here this week on The Drop-In. I am Gerald Valley, and this is The Drop-In.